0: Did your heart just beat? Okay, then praise God. Join us in prayer and fellowship in the name of Jesus. We would love to pray with you and for you in faith. God is an amazing God. His word lasts forever, and I believe you will be blessed as we all fellowship in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Let me go back. All right, there we go. So whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Verse 7, chapter 3. Little children, let not one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. He who is righteous, he who has sinned is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Chapter 3, verse 10 The imperative of love. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain who was the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother was righteous. Wow. Verse 13. Do not marvel my brethren. If the world hates you know that he Know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Mm. Verse 16. Verse 16. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brethren in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Wow. Verse 18. My little children, let us not love the world or the tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God and who and whatever, I'm sorry, whatever we ask we receive from him, because we have kept his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment verse this verse 24 the spirit of truth and the spirit of error now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him um, and By this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Chapter four, I'm going to go through verse six. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are good, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confessed that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Verse 4. You are of little children. Let me me make sure I got that right. Yeah. Verse 4. And you are... You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he is in you the greater than he is in the world. Verse 5. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. Verse 6. We are of God. He knows God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen, amen, amen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and basically we're going to talk about um, each verse that we went through from starting at uh, at 28 and and have an understanding as, a little bit more understanding as what that means. Um, Starting at, like I said, we were reading from 1 John chapter 2, 28, and went to chapter 4, verse 6. So, starting at 28, um, basically John was urging, you know, basically John is urging us, his readers, to, to let um, what we have heard from the beginning, basically saying that Christ, that we should advise us that we should abide in Christ. Um if we abide in Christ, we will avoid basically the embarrassment when he returns. We won't be ashamed. He won't be ashamed of us because he's seen us living for him. Um, the shame is the result of having a lifestyle of obedience. I'm sorry, of not having a lifestyle of obedience when Christ returns. So think about that. We know that uh, we know that when Christ returns, people are going to get called up. We, we know that. And so think about the embarrassment that we think that we're doing when we think that we're living for Christ um, and we don't get called. I mean, that that would be a a sad day where we're stuck here when when everybody's risen up and and called up to heaven. And like I said, it'll just be be a sad, sad day. Verse 29. So since God is righteous, those who practice righteousness will be recognized. As born of God. I mean, that's, that's basically what it's saying. This verse basically does not say that everyone who is born of God practice righteousness, but those who live and, and try to, uh, live according to the will of God, not our fleshly carnal. Um, because we can walk in darkness and sin because we're still, we're still born of God because God created us. But what this, what, what John is saying is that those who walk in righteousness, um, Exhibits the nature of his or her father because God is righteous, so if we're living for God, doing his will, and not our will. Then we're living for him. We are perceived as basically children of God, just like what the scripture says. Um, so keep going. Um, verse uh, that was verse 29, and then verse 3. And 1, chapter 3, behold what manner of love. John basically was saying that's the greatest amazement and appreciation, the fact that God loved what God did. He expressed his love on us. Um, he, he included us into his family. He could have wrote us off for our sins, our sinfulness, um, but he expressed love. You know, God loved all believers. He loves everybody the weak and and the strong i mean be still and know like god when in, in our weakness he is our strength he loves us because he sees that we are as believers in jesus christ and literally trying to do the will of god not our own flesh but the will of god he sees that and and he's just like yep i i got you because this this is what i intended it. you know what i'm saying this is what it's supposed to be you're supposed to be Looking to me as a, as a child does as father. A child doesn't knows that they don't know everything. So, as God is our, our our father, we know that we don't know everything because obviously we don't even know when Jesus is coming back. So we don't know everything. That's why we have to 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 lean on the Lord. But He's saying, "Listen that that's me showing love to you." Um. Just like what John was saying, John described Jesus on the night of his betrayals, having loved his own who were in the world. And and he was talking about he loved them to the end. I mean, think about it. Jesus died on the cross. He loved us all the way up until, you know, him taking his last breath. I mean, that's why he came down and and died on the cross. But you got to think about this also. The world loves those who love them we good while, you know, when we, when we, when we're in the world, when we, we feel puffed up, we feel like I'm the man or I'm the woman, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm that deal when we're being puffed up by, by people around us. But God is saying, listen, God loves even those who disobey him. Now think about that. Now we, if we, if we, running with a group of people and, and somebody goes against us, we're like, all right, hey, you got to go. You, you messing up the vibe. But think about how many people are, are messing up the vibe by disrespecting or dishonoring God, saying it ain't no God, knowing that God created them. I mean, think about that. Think about how you would feel if your children, if you have children, if your children disrespected you saying a bunch of crazy stuff, basically disassociated with you. You would you would feel real bad, but but God is saying, Look, I'm here. You can come back at any time. Think about that. Now because he God is saying, Listen, my son came and died for, for the world sin. Right now, whatever you're going through, it ain't it ain't bigger than me. So I can handle it. Just accept that my son is your, your savior and you will have that peace that you've been to be looking for, basically to be like him, like verse two was saying, chapter three, verse two was saying, be like him, and though we, you know, though we don't know all the specifics of our of our future, you know, what's going on, our existence and everything else, we do know that we have a body like Christ, and and, and that's a reference to Philippians chapter three, um, verse verse twenty one. Believers will put on immortal and, and become free of sin, and we will be. We will be a part of this world that plagues us. I mean, think about when we're going through someone there's trials, tribulation, grief, and there won't be none of that. There, it won't be none of that because God has already seen us attempting to be like him. So if we continue this, continue the work, when he calls us home, we will be like him. We will know that we, we will have a body like Christ. Like I said, referencing back to Philippians um, chapter three, verse twenty one. Um, but everyone who has hope, who has the hope of seeing Christ and being like Him, realizes that Christ is morally pure. This realization helps a person pursue purity even more. So think about when, when those wristbands. I, I've said it before: those little wristbands. What would Jesus do? And we would, we would look down at them wristbands, like, okay, let me let me let me do something a little different. Let me change my thought process. Let me. What would Jesus do in a situation like that? That's to remind us, okay, we we are foreigners. We we can't abide in this world because we're we're different. We're different and God is saying you 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 should not abide. Think about us going to a different country. We got to abide by their rules even though we're a foreigner and we will look completely different because we're not of that country. But God is saying don't even abide by their rules because I called you. The world ain't checking for me. They're not checking for you. I called you to do the work for me, not for the world. So you're going to look completely different because you're a foreigner to this world. You, that, that That's basically what he's saying with this. Everybody who has hope in seeing Christ and being like him realizes that Christ is morally pure. This realization helps a person pursue purity even more. We want our soul to be pure. We want peace. We want be purified. We want to be as transparent as sinless as possible because we know the ramifications and the outcome. But and look at verse 4. Look at chapter 3 verse 4. It talks about sin. The sin described in this verse right here is not like the occasional sin. It's about the habitual sin a constant sinful lifestyle where there's lawlessness where you ain't following all you're breaking the laws. It's 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 the absence. You know what I'm saying? But I'm sorry, lawlessness is not the absence of the law, but it's the act of rebellion against the law. So think about when we are when we was in the world and we didn't know Jesus Christ or didn't follow Jesus or whatever the case may be. Those those years in college or whatever, whatever it is. Where we was we was a little we was off a little bit. That time of our lives when we was off, and it wasn't like we was as believers when we were breaking a law purposely or whatever the case may be, but it was we 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 got pulled back. But those who are out there, just no regard for the Lord, no regard for God's word, no re- no regard for for life or humanity or or the law, or anything. That's what this verse is talking about. It's just sin, not the occasional sin. Because we're believe, we're we're born in a in a in a sinful nature. We're born in sin, so we're we're going to sin. But we're talking about sin as in you just don't give a crap about nothing. Don't even care. That's that's what this is talking about. When we're rebelling, rebellion. That's not going to be. I think gonna be a good outcome with this short period of time. Even though it may be a hundred, hundred, we'll say hundred and fifty years that God gives us on this earth. That may seem like a long time, but like I said before, eternity. That's that's not even a millisecond. Hundred and fifty years ain't nothing to compare to eternity, and that and that's what dictate our eternity is is this short period of time here on earth. So I I'll go on to verse five. Actually, I'll, I'll go on to five and six because it, it ties together. Um, if Christ is sinless, and the purpose of Him coming was to remove sin, then whoever abides in Him does not sin. That that goes with, that goes basically by itself. If if we know if we are Christ followers, we're not going to abide in sin. We're not going to feel comfortable sinning. We're not going to to have that desire to sin. But then whoever abides in him does not sin. Habitually, sinful conduct indicates an absence of fellowship with Christ. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Christ came for sin, but Christ died for sin. He came to make everybody new. But we are rejecting that. We're rejecting that because sin feels good. Um, where, where, uh, we want to keep that, that feeling of, of a good time. Of course, we know that living of the world will feel, will, will feel good because we can do what we want to do. We we got this at, at our disposal, this, that, and the other, but like the scripture said, it is sinful conduct. Indicates an absence of fellowship with Christ. Hmm. If we're sinning, we we're, we're not close to Jesus. That's why Jesus had to come to us while we were still sinners to have us open up our minds and say, "Look, I got to change my lifestyle." Think about my, like I was reading in uh, Ecclesiastes. Me and my good buddy was reading Ecclesiastes, and A fellow believer, fellow pastor uh, was reading. We, we have a monthly Bible study. And we were reading in Ecclesiastes 7. And it says, those who go to funerals become wise. Because now your eyes open now, okay, we ain't Okay, I ain't got a lot of time. Ecclesiastes 7. I ask everybody to read it. It says, like, the, the, the wisdom of those when they go to funerals, they, they become wise because now, okay, all right. I ain't got... I know everybody's going to die, and and I see this person. I don't know when my time is. So that's going to bring sorrowness. That's going to bring, hey, I got to start thinking about stuff because I ain't going to be here forever. I see me and my road dog, whatever, my home team, we was partying, and, and he gone. Okay, now let me start thinking about some stuff because if it happened to them, it can happen to me. And I definitely don't want it to happen to me while I don't know the Lord. That's what this is talking about. If we have sinful conduct in our absence of fellowship with Christ, then if we claim to be a Christian, but sin is our way of life, then our, our Christianity, I mean, our, our belief, our what we say, our, our word, our word is bond. If we're saying that we're believers in Christ, but we, can't nobody see us living like Christ? that's we we fraud I mean the devil just having a good time this this is what christianity is this is what this is no nah, no nah, I'm cool with that i don't want I don't want that i'm a, I'm gonna claim it but on 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 weekends or whatever day i'm a, I'm just gonna wild out we I mean our Christianity our lifestyle our word our our faith will all be questioned by somebody on the outside looking in. So going to uh, chapter three, verse seven. Um, Let no one to deceive you. They're talking about the antichrist right here. They're talking about the antichrist. Let no one deceive you. Eventually, the antichrist, who were um, basically is is denying the word, the doctrine, the scriptures of Christ. Um, chapter two, verse twenty-two. That goes into first, like I said, first John. That's right before I started. Verse John, chapter two, twenty-two. Um, we're also claiming to know God, yet living in unrighteousness. Um, think about that. If if we claim it to know God, it goes back to like I said, verse three and six. If we claim to know God, but living unrighteously, we're fraud. I mean, God sees everything. We might be able to, to cover that up to but with people other believers, but God he he sits high and looks low. He knows He knows the heart of every man. Um But, what I want to say also was that true believers dwell in righteousness. you know righteousness is revealed in his children through their through our works through through the, us working for doing the will of God. Our righteousness shows through the works that we do. um it's revealed. I mean righteousness conduct does not produce righteous character but reveals its presence in us. Wow. It reveals his kind, con- it re- reveals righteousness. The Holy Spirit is saying, listen, if you're doing the work of the Lord and you're getting haters and you get you going through all these trials and tribulations and attacks, that means you're doing something right because Satan is trying to put all these roadblocks up. But if we are in the world and we're not living righteously, we might have a good time. We're gonna keep the party going, keep the drinks flowing, keep whatever the case may be, because we're, we're wrapped up in that that sinful, a sinful lifestyle. And and then we we might run into a believer, and they're like, um, "But you said you was a believer, um, brother Melvin. You said you was a minister. How are you doing the stuff that us unbelievers is doing? That's." That that don't look right. Okay, well, I guess you a fraud. And so that could turn people away right there. From my word, my testimony, my word. People are gonna say, no, but I remember what you did, what you was doing. That I'm in sin. So I'm good. But you, you say you follow Jesus, but you living like me in the world, who you condemning, and who who God is, who you saying that that I, I'm living wrong and but you're doing the same stuff. That's that's you got to think about it. Going go, from that going into verse 8, that's safe, Satan's sinful nature. It's shown through the lives of those who don't belong to Jesus. If we claim in this, how, like the scripture says, how much more will it be on us to know and not do? To know the word of God, but not do the work of God. To know the Lord, but not do his word. How much worse off would we be than a person that don't know? Because we know we've been taught, we know we we've been taught the word, we we've, we've known, but we still want to live unrighteous. But a person that has never heard the gospel, and is living in sin and, and and living unrighteously through Satan's sinful nature, they might be get into heaven because they never have heard the word. But us as a believer and and, and living unrighteously god sees that that person could be a good person that don't know that don't know god that, that never have had an opportunity to hear the gospel that person could be a good person have empathy sympathy help out help the needy and stuff like that god sees all of our hearts but he he said listen it's going to be worse off for a believer that know and and don't do the things or live sinfully and and know what they're not supposed to do and do it anyway that's just that's that's the nature that we live in with Satan's with Satan's kingdom. Um, the purpose in, in Jesus coming was to destroy the works of the devil. A person who sins, even a believer, is of the devil. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Those who who sin are of the devil. You they are. You are of your father, the devil." And, and so, in a sense, he's he's participating in. The devil's activities, you know, John was saying it's impossible for believers. If you are really seeking God's word, it is impossible to seek God, but live for the devil. Because right there, that that scripture comes to my mind. You can't love two things. You can't love God and the world. You got to love one or the other. You can't have two masters. So going into uh, chapter 3, verse 9, the seed that remains is, is probably divine nature in which believers can, can participate in, but the seed has been variously, variously interrupted as Jesus, the Holy Spirit, as Jesus, the Holy Spirit, scripture, and the gospel, on the me- or, or the gospel message. In other words, it's saying, this verse is saying that habitual sin is not consistent with the Christian walk now, that, that goes back to, like I said, from from chapter three, five through three ten is is talking about, I'm sorry, three, nine it is talking about sin. I mean, sin is not consistent with our Christian walk. Our, our, our faith is we're supposed to be that example. Supposed to be over this because we know we know what what this is. We know the trials. We know the attacks. We know the tribulations. We know everything that we almost everything. We as a believer, we know because we have the insight. We have the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus who overcame everything and showed us the way. So we can't have sin manifesting in us like like what verse uh, ten is talking about. Um, we can't have sin habitual sin. Because if we have habitual sin, we can't call ourselves a, a follower of Christ because we're not, we're not doing his work. We, we can call ourselves a follower of Satan or a follower of this world, not a follower of Christ. If we're having habitual sin, because then we're disregarding what, what God is saying. Sin no more. I mean, we, we, we see that. Verse 10, like I was like I was just talking about. Um, we manifest our nature by our practicing righteousness but children of the devil display their basic nature by sinning believers who sin are not expressing our nature as children of god i mean that that goes back with it instead we are following the devil's pattern that's that's what he he wants to distract us he wants us to, to to basically send ourselves to hell That's that's exactly what he wants us to do. He wants us to distract us from God's word from God's protection, from God's blessings, from God's peace, from everything of God. So that he can say, yeah, see, see, God, because he has access to him. See, God, this you this is what you this is what you created. But they say they live for you. I mean, really think about it. We're, we're following the devil's pattern if we are not practicing righteousness. And righteousness doesn't mean we have to live a perfect life. But that means that we are to be trying. We are to be edifying one another. We're to be doing the will of God, which is give people our testimony. Our testimony is can, that saves people. Hey, I've been through this. I know that Hey, nothing brought me through. Ain't nothing brought me through this but but God. I was sick. I was this, I was that, I had this. The doctor said I got this and that. And I, I went to the went to my prayer closet. I just dropped on my knees and I just prayed every single day for God to, to continue to bless me and my family. And I will go back to the doctor two weeks later, no traces of it. That's a ble- that's God did that. That our testimony that's that's what saves people that's what that's what turns people around think about it if, if we we all know one person we all everybody knows at least one person so if we give our testimony as believers to one person and we turn that person to Christ and then they give their testimony to one person eventually everybody will see and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ that's all we have to do our testimony can turn people to Christ I'm telling you it is a a wonderful, wonderful tool that God has given us. Speak, I know, so I spoke. That's that's the word right there. And then looking at John chapter three verse eleven, John identifies loving one another as absolutely basic to living for Christ and advancing His kingdom. Like I was just saying, I, what I was just talking about. John is saying, listen, love one another. It's, that's the basic. That's that's the minimalist thing that we should be doing is loving one another. Living for Christ and and advancing his kingdom. Like I said, our testimony, giving one person. Like I said, everybody knows one person. If we give our testimony to one person, that one person, we could turn that one person to God to live for Jesus Christ. And so on and so on. They tell one person because we've all been through something And as believers, we know who helped us through. It wasn't me. Dang show wasn't me. I was born three and a half months premature. I know I, I wasn't here because of me. God did that. God did that. Going into verse 12, though. Verse twelve, it says uh, Cain is identified. Basically, he's talking about Cain. Um, Cain was uh, was wicked. Cain was the wicked one. Um, Abel was was the one uh, identified as, was identified as a child of God, and so Cain was identified as a spiritual child of the devil. If we look at First John chapter three verse twelve, that's what it talks about. Um, his brother Abel was identified as a child of God. Cain Cain's act of murder. Was the basically was hatred. I mean, that's that's literally what it came down to. He was he was jealous and, and hated that his his gift wasn't accepted, but his brother's was and so right there. That, that tells us right there that's wickedness, right there. That's this, that's it. But from the realm of uh of death to the sphere of life, this is verse 14. Um love for the fellow believers is the evidence that one has passed from the realm of death to the sphere of life. I mean right there, the tense verb has passed indicates that somebody experienced them in the past and has continuing continuing and abiding result in the present. John is saying that Christians who have experienced Christ's salvation in the past should demonstrate their salvation by loving their fellow believers in the present. Right there. That, Verse 14 is saying, listen, we need to be given the word. we need to to help somebody. Uh, we, we, we know the scripture where there was a man that uh a man of, uh, uh, basically this is the Bible days, but we know a person uh, we read the scripture where a man see another man see another man come in and he crossed the street he ain't want nothing to do with the person that's a believer. Then we have seen a person that came that that wasn't a believer, but he had empathy and sympathy in that person to help that person out. He wasn't a believer. That because that was that was he he had empathy, he had sympathy, he showed love to a person. That's how we are supposed to be as believers. We can't be like ah, I must keep my distance because I'm saved, so I don't have to do what you need me to do. No, God is saying, listen, if if. if I created everybody, so we need to help everybody. Everybody that we can help, we need to help, whether they, this, that, or the other. We need to help because we will want the same thing. We will want, And that, that's just love right there. We will want the same thing as a believer. That's our salvation right there is is to demonstrate Christ's love. If we call ourselves children of God, we need to express that same love that God showed to us by sending his son show that love, unconditional love to help somebody um, going into uh, verse 15 verse 15 is talking about uh, eternal life abiding in, in Christ those who do not love fellow Christians are not living in the light, right, I mean that's just plain and simple um, if we call ourselves Christians, we ain't living like Christians we ain't living in the light, we ain't, we're not abiding in, in God's word, I mean that, that's plain and simple and then we see in verse uh, 15 and 16, that's what that's talking about. Verse 17 is talking about the goods, meaning um, livelihood, um, the goods of life, um, living. Um, I mean, we just need to, it might be food, clothing, shelter, believers. Um, we can we can lay down our lives for fellow believers um, by giving someone livelihood, those who are in need, giving you know, you know, material possessions to others, we can demonstrate the same type of self-sacrificial love that Christ demonstrated on the cross, not necessarily dying for somebody, but sacrificing something. If we know that, Hey, I got an extra few dollars this month. There might be somebody that need a bill paid instead of me buying them shoes. Let me help this person out with a phone bill or light bill or whatever the case may be. That's a sacrificial love for, for one another. And it's not that, that we need to rub it into somebody's face. Oh, I help so-and-so out. They ain't having enough money. No, that's, that's just, I just love, I just want you to be okay. As a believer, as a person, as a child of God, as a as a human being, I just want you to be okay. That, and that's literally it. That's all it has to be. Going into verse 18, chapter 3, verse 18. To love the word is to speak loving words, but to but to stop short of doing anything to prove that love. You know, basically the opposite of loving the word is indeed and in truth. The opposite of loving in word is loving in deed and in truth. Doing, like I said, helping somebody, not just saying, hey, I love you, but literally showing as as a person of God. That's how we win souls for Christ, by loving each other, doing stuff in deed and truth, loving in deed and in truth. So helping somebody and giving in the truth. That's how we love. That's how we win people. Um, Verse 19. I mean, we can be ensured the presence of eternal life within us by sacrificial love, but believers who truly love, um, we know the behaviors and, and the things that we need to do. Basically, love benefits the giver and the receiver both. Think about that. God loved us. God was the giver. We're the benefiter. He gave Jesus Christ so that we can be saved. Basically, he really ain't benefited from him sending his son, but we benefited from. It. That, that was a one that's a one way. That wasn't a good example. That's a one-way, uh, that, that was that was a one way love right there. But he loved us that much to say, look, I'm gonna wipe you of your sin. Believe in my son. I'm going show, I'm gonna send my son, which is God in the flesh. I'm gonna send him down. To show you how to, as the example. And then once he leaves, I'm going to continue to give you the example by giving the Holy Spirit to tell you, look, this ain't right. People call it conscience. I don't call it conscience. I call it the Holy Spirit dwelling, speaking to me. That's what I call it. So basically what he's saying is like, listen. Eternal life is demonstrated, like I said, by sacrificial love. That's Jesus came and then died. He gave that example. So that's how we are to be. We are to be as close as we can to Jesus. Um, I mean, that, that, that's, just, that's, that's just what it is right there. Um, verse 20, our heart condemns us. Wow. These, these are just stuff I'm picking out of the verses. Verse 20, our heart condemns us. In, in this, we recognize we do not measure up to the standard of love. And feel insecure in, in, in approaching God. Because we may not have the knowledge and the loving deeds that we've done in the power of the Holy Spirit. But God does. And he is superior to our heart. Unlike our our own conscience or our own spirit. God takes everything into account. Including Christ's atoning work for us. God is more compassionate and understanding towards us than we sometimes towards ourselves. Think about that. We We might be so hard on ourselves that we, we we dog ourselves out and God is like look I, I got you this, this is part of this what you're in it's part of life but if we are with us we're going to have that condemning when we do stuff wrong when we, when we do something bad or when we go against God we're going, we're going, the spirit is going to reveal to us that condemning feeling to where if we're true believers we're going to go to God in sorrowness um asking for you know re- basically going to, for repenting, talking to him, um things like that, but when we're not in God, it's just like, oh well, you know that's all right. I don't care, it's my pride my that's the mindset of the world, but when we abide in Christ, we will feel condemned when we do do stuff wrong, when we go against god's word um verse twenty four um, abides abides and, and keeping his commandments um, and basically this verse describes um, indwelling of Jesus Christ as a Christian the believer abides in Christ by keeping his commandments so that's, that's something here and here yes we know our heart and our minds can be deceived but when we do the will of God the spirit is going to 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 make sure we're on tunnel vision for God's work. Christ abide, abides in obedient believers. I, I mean that's that just that's that's just it right there. Christ abides in in us who are believers. And then uh verse 24 no that's where we were verse 24 then chapter 4, going into uh, chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Um, I'm almost done with you guys. Just bear with me for a little bit longer. Um, verse John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 speaks of the spirits, you know, the teachers in, the, in, a, in a similar way to what Paul was saying about spirits of the prophets back in First Corinthians. Um, he's not referring to basically demon possession, but to teachers who promote error. So there is a spirit of error. Um, when we don't give, when we, when we give the word in a way to, uh, to deceive or to get out of a particular situation, or we, we twist the gospel up to make it fit our situation. That's, that's a, uh, that's a false prophet right there. Um, four two, by this, you know, one who tests a person is led by the Holy spirit. Um, whether that person's beliefs agree with the truth of God. Um, Jesus came in the flesh. This test seems to be aimed at, uh, you know, basically like the doctrines, um, people that were taught not to have a physical body. This, I mean, back, that's what the Greeks and stuff was talking about. Um, back then, like it, it, we're not going to get a physical body when we get to heaven. I and mean, that's why Paul had to, you know, address all of that. And, uh, and Corinthians, but um, let me see where I was at. The test may also be aimed at follow fellow believer, believers um, who claim that Jesus and the Christ were two separate beings, one physical and the other spiritual. This letter, John, is carefully to use the name title of Christ to get together to clarify and express the complete union of two titles into one person. So, then, like I said, back then, people was taking stuff that it was Jesus and then the spirit, like it was two different things, but Jesus, Jesus Christ is one. And so that's what he's saying. We got, we got to test this stuff. We got to test the spirits and and things like that. Um, that he has come into the flesh. It's not two different things. It's Jesus coming into the flesh. God's son is Jesus Christ in the flesh, God in the flesh. Um, and then verse, uh, I think that might have been it was it four, four two oh, no I'm sorry four six um four verse four and three false teacher um this is talking about false teacher um of John's day deny you know incarnation by teaching that divine Christ descended on humans jesus at his at, at his baptism and then departed before his crucifixion, which is you know that's not true. Um, John teaches that Jesus did not merely enter into an already existing human being, but came as a human. He has come in the flesh. We know that. Um, Verse 4 and 4. We can overcome by uh, recognizing false teachers and refusing to follow them. He who is in you is the Holy Spirit. And then he who is in the world is of the devil. I mean, that's I mean we, that goes without saying. We we know those things. That's how we can test these spirits. That's how we can overcome stuff. Um, verse five, they where it says they is a reference to false prophets, who have the spirit of the antichrist. The false teachers, being the part of the word, part of the world. I'm sorry, um, ruled by Satan, are accepted by the world. The world of believers. Um, the world, I'm sorry, the world believes their false teachings and receives them into fellowship. But we refer to the apostles to find a way only among those who God knows as as believers. We know that there's a difference. The world looks at stuff one way, and as believers, we look at stuff a totally different way. He knows God. That's how we are. We know God, and so that's how we have to understand. Um, these passages. Um, get, it gives two tests of the Spirit. Confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God in the flesh and the acceptance of the teachings of the apostles. That's how we get the Word of God. That's, that's where our Word of God came from. from basically, like I said, from, from the scrolls, from the passages of the Scriptures the, of those who walked with Jesus, talked with Him and everything. So that's how we have to test the Spirit. We have to come across this thing. We have to recognize these things the way that we know. And as God is saying, test the spirits. Look at things. Look, don't just be gullible, but study your word. Understand the word of God for ourselves. That way we can test stuff. We can look at stuff and say, no, I don't think this is it. Lord, reveal this to me. That way, because we, we have a relationship with God. He's going to reveal stuff to us. And so, like I said, I just wanted to uh, to break down um first john chapter uh 2 28 through chapter 4 verses 6 um i appreciate everybody um fellowship with me um joining in uh, i i just pray that everybody read the word and everybody have a blessed day blessed night wherever you at um i just pray that that god is with us all keeps us all safe protected and uh and gives us peace that we so much desire as believers in him so i pray that everybody um have a great night and i will talk to you guys later god bless you